everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 565, recorded today, Wednesday, the 16th of January. This is the run-up uh, to NAM. Next week, there will be no show. In fact, the week after, there will be no show, uh, because we'll be in uh, Los Angeles at the NAM show, uh, bringing you more videos than you probably have time in your life to watch. But uh, the team are geared up and ready. We've got all our technology sorted. Uh, what is this, you ask yourself? Well, this is the Music Technology Podcast, where this is called Sonic Talk, and we cover things like synthesizers, recording, production, live production, live shows, studio work, software, all the things that sort of surround the technology of making music in this modern age. So please stay tuned. Uh, we will, in fact, also have a prize available uh, for uh, Isotope. Isotope are giving away a copy of RX-7, which is their fantastic suite of audio restoration and fixing tools. They can, some of the stuff you can do with that is amazing. So if you stick around, you'll get details on how to win that. And if you did enter last week's competition, you will stick around and you'll find out if you won. How about that? It happens about halfway through the show. So let's uh, take a warm welcome from our guests. Um, let's see. Let's start with Mr. Mark Tinley. He's over there, Sonus Magus. Uh, Mark Tinley is uh, proprietor uh, at present. His present uh, occupation is proprietor of uh, a fantastic and unusual music shop in uh, Glastonbury in the UK. But uh, previous to that, he's done all sorts of other fantastic things in the industry, including uh, studio work, world tours, all that stuff. How are you, Mark? I'm all right. Thank you very much. It's a bit rainy in Glastonbury and I don't think anybody's come out to play. So I thought I would come home and do this instead, which is a, but it's been quite a long time. So I thought, yeah, well, no, lovely to so happy, did you... oh, happy Christmas. Cause I missed saying that to everybody. <laughs> uh, happy new year. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You're a bit behind. How was your Christmas? How, did, how, did, how was business in the store? What was, what was selling like hotcakes? It was all right. It wasn't, uh, as good as I've worked out now what the pattern in Glastonbury is. So I think the the best months are August and October. So it wasn't as good as August or October. Um, what was selling like hotcakes? Ukuleles still selling like hotcakes. It's still an instrument I don't really quite understand. Um, but lots of people seem to like them. Um, and then I've sold out of all the weird things that I make. People kept coming in. Lots of people come in and they say, I've watched you on the Sonic State podcast. And I had two in on one day, actually. Wow. Just after Christmas. So I introduced them to each other. That was quite interesting. Um, but they all come to buy the weird things that I circuit bend and make. And obviously, I can't uh, make enough of those uh, and run a shop at the same time. So I'm going to have to come up with a new strategy, I think. Maybe wow. an employee or something. So you're sold or, out of interesting stuff that you make. Stuff. Wow, so, cool. Well, there's two strategies. One of them is to get an employee in the shop so I can sit upstairs burning my fingers with a soldering iron. Or the other one is to invite people who make weird circuit bent things and want to sell them to contact me and I'll sell them for them in the shop. Yeah, and maybe, I could become, maybe I could become a sonic state, uh, uh, what are they called, uh, viewer you know, who makes distributor. things. Uh, yeah, distributor. That's what I'm looking for, the word. Yeah, exactly. I can, well, if I may say, uh, I know that uh, in the modular synth world, there are lots of people who make sort of small runs and one-offs and things. And uh, for a distributor, it's an absolute nightmare because you go, I could sell five of those. And they kind of go, well, I haven't finished yet. I've decided to change it. Uh, you know, so it's very, <laughs> you get this. So it, it will be quite a chaotic sort of, which you might appreciate and enjoy that. So I think. Uh, I, I, yeah, I've got. I've got piles and piles and piles of I haven't finished yet in my um, 
because things happen. You you get halfway through making something. So I was making this thing with a five 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 timer the other day, and I put it down on a drum in the shop, and someone came in and there was just this big coil of cables and they or wires and stuff in a little battery, and they went, "Oh, what's that?" And I said, "Oh, it's just a five five type five timer little synth thing." And I clipped the battery on, and because it was resting on the drum, when I picked the speaker up off the drum, it went wow, wow like a Jaws harp. So now I've invented accidentally this new instrument, which is a small <laughs> speaker connected to a 555 timer that you push onto the skin of a drum and then modulate with your hand. And it sounds a bit like a didgeridoo or a Jaws harp, and then you can tune it. And I'm thinking, I need to house that somehow so I can sell that as an item okay. that people can use on top of drums at the same time as finishing the other thing. So now I've got to try and figure out two lots of uh casing or packaging isn't it, isn't it always the way well mark thank you much for very much for joining <laughs> us um sonus magus uh we better uh, introduce our other guests as well let's see who we have for a little while i don't think we've had mr dominic hawken for a while who's i must say you're looking very hd today oh i can see fabulous. all the details you're every single fabulous. detail i can i can almost see what your what your uh, document is called on your computer behind you but <laughs> I, I wouldn't pretend that it's quite that good well, that's pretty stunning because I've got a Logitech webcam that cost eighty pounds and no microphone. So, if anyone wants to look like this, it's one of the uh, is it nine twenty or something? Nine ten yeah, or nine twenty. We used to use those. They're quite good actually. And, uh, with the right that's light. all. That's yeah. all. And you have that Logitech software that you just click that make me look good filter, and there you go. Um, yeah, happy New Year, happy Happy Christmas to everyone. Same as Mark. Um, all I've been doing is relaxation music for the app that I was uh, talking about previously, which is a kind of sleep app for kids and adults. So the code's finished. I now I just have to populate it. Well, perhaps you could tell it. I just have to finish it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So does that mean all your envelopes are set to maximum release on everything yes, in your studio? it's all very slow. I tell you, the, the, the techie <laughs> challenge was to fit hours and hours and hours of music into an app, because if you think about it, music takes even that mp3 takes a lot of time so it's all been about that but no really good i've uh i've got about 20 tracks in there about 30 to go and uh then i'll get it out so it'll be february march for a, at least a beta release so in in a couple of months i'll be saying i'm looking for beta testers so anyone watching the sonic uh sonic talk can get involved and get a free copy in return for a little bit but how will that. how will anybody make notes if they're relaxed they'll be so relaxed that well, they won't this is notice the trouble. that anything's happened this is this is why it's <laughs> taken so long to finish the code because i keep falling asleep <laughs> excellent i tested it yeah I've, i feel very relaxed now but what was it i was doing yeah brilliant brilliant well, Dom dominic thank you yeah no mark 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 has a, has a, has a lot of people who might be interested in that sort of thing on tap in glastonbury so i think yeah definitely yeah right and uh we I also <laughs> we also we also have uh mr matthew hodson who we haven't seen for a little while matt of course uh Hello educator and uh producer and modular specialist uh, down there in brighton where he's a he runs one of the bims courses uh, and uh, is kind of in charge of lots of things down there how are you matt you yeah, good? i'm all right and and uh, happy new year again to everyone um yeah i'm not too bad thank you hanging in there um i've kind of just been burying my head in the out of the way of everything over christmas really just trying to take some time out and just uh, plow on with my own stuff really so i've been doing a lot of that i think i mentioned last time i was on the show i was working on on my releases and uh, a release schedule and all that kind of thing which just takes up a lot of time so not so much music a lot of admin based stuff really so sorting out live gigs um 
some of them abroad, that kind of thing, release schedule, um, all the kind of PR stuff, really. Um, yeah. Bit of, of re-racking modules recently, um, trying to get everything into a single seven-new seven case here just for, for the new EP, and then I can take it out, play live, basically, paired up with the um, Pioneer SP16. Um, just bought myself one of these, bit behind the curve, got myself a key step. Which My been, God, Matthew's got yeah, a keyboard. What? just got one yeah he's got keys and everything <laughs> um oh you've sold really out good, that. They? they're really yeah, they cool are. yeah they are really enjoy, really enjoy working with it it's been great actually excellent um, well uh, that sounds great we're, we're, uh, we've talked about this before but uh, we should definitely get you on for a rebroadcasting one of your live performances restreamed because i'm be sure nice. sonic audience would be massively interested in yeah, that yeah so. more than happy to do that that'd be great thanks excellent right well i suppose we ought to get on because there is actually news this week and um the bulk of it seems to be coming from korg so let's start with a bit of korgness this is uh, the new Minilog XD, which is essentially the Minilog, but it's got 16 buttons for the sequencer. It's got stereo digital effects, which is sort of like Prolog sort of vibe. Uh, it's also got that uh, digital effects uh, oscillator DSP, so you can program and load your own uh, digital oscillators like they do for the Prolog, which is a really smart idea, I think. And to be honest, this feels a lot more like a good idea in the Minilog format than it uh, than it did perhaps in the Prolog format, which, as you know, I, I felt it felt like it was quite expensive. Whereas this, similar price to the original, you still get four voices of analog, and it's a great instrument even without that new stuff. So um, yeah, that's the first new thing from Korg. Um, anybody use a Minilog? I mean, I think they're great. So uh, I, I I mean, I use one whenever I'm kind of getting it together for that. But it, it was remember it was with the, like the first affordable poly um analog poly for for quite some time i think matt is that something that you've uh you've tinkered with or is it uh is I've, it not i tinkered with i've tinkered with in the local um um music shop here in brighton and i absolutely love it i thought it was it was really really the thing that got me was the interface and how performative it is and all the dials and the access to the things um on it i don't own one unfortunately but i I was sat looking at this this update for the with the XD, and I was just thinking, um, this is probably probably the kind of thing that I would go to based on not only the specs but also the size portability. Yeah, playing live with it, and and of course you got CV on this yes. as well, which uh, yeah, is going to allow me to integrate this spot really easily. Um, I think it's really great. I think Cork of uh, you know. Year after year after year, we see new synths come out, new synths come out, and things like this. But there's, I think, Korg have just just hitting it on the head here in terms of size, functionality, performance. You don't have to do a ton of menu diving, um, unlike some of maybe the the DSI stuff, which I love. But um, it's but much me, more complex, is, yeah, yeah, much more complex, and uh, this is much more hands on, a lot more fun, a lot more interactive. Um, yeah, and the effects on it as well are really cool. Anything that's got built-in effects on it immediately gives me gets me vibing with that instrument straight away. You know, sticking some reverbs and delays on things, that kind of thing. Absolutely, so, um, absolutely. So that's yeah. the extent of it, really. Um, I kind of want to go back to the shop later on and have a play today. Five six five, it's going to be. Uh, Dominic, yeah. have you have you messed around with one of those? I, I, if no. you haven't, I recommend you should. They're great little instruments. Absolutely, um, it looks brilliant. The stereo output. I think the other ones were. Mono, mono, yeah. 
and and it's the wave sequencing thing that i like on those kind of things as well so mm. yeah really good really i think it's a good price good package it looks uh, pretty much um as matt said like really performant and it sounds great on that on that demo but i haven't played one yet so i can't give a an absolute definitive go on it but absolutely on my list of things to check out and uh, it feels feels like a really really good product and Mark, if you're looking, if you're struggling for space in the shop, it's the perfect thing to sell, really, along with the other other uh, items that are coming along from Korg. Is All it? sort of, yeah, it's quite small. Well, I'm going to have to go to Korg dealership, but I still, I don't know. It's not very innovative, is it? I'm still calling out to synth manufacturers to make something really innovative. Well, to be I've fair, I just looked in the dictionary. Yeah. Well, no, it says in the dictionary, a computerized instrument for generating sounds, often beyond the range of conventional instruments used in making electronic music. But the, that style of synthesizer has definitely gone well into the realm of being a conventional instrument. So I want somebody to bring out something entirely different. And I'm still waiting for that to happen. Well, around trying to make flutes out of things. And it's well, like, maybe, maybe no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that. I mean, I think the fact that you've got you've got the ability to write your own oscillators and your own kind of code to come up with other things is quite is is innovative within the realms. We've talked about this before. You know, I don't think we can within, handle. Yeah, well, okay, within the context of that style of synthesis, it is. But I st- well, maybe somebody needs to invent a new a new signal path. It's almost like. The analogy would be the guitarist that puts the same effects pedals in the same order down on the board every single time and then expects it to sound different. They need to put all the bits in a different order or take some of those bits out and put other bits in and then see what happens. And it might make a a more unconventional noise. I, I just It flabbergasts me that we just go round and round and round the same set of sounds. We've been doing it for what? God knows, 70 gears or something, haven't we? So... Mm, yeah, if you well, go into nature, there's loads of sounds available that are just like, whoa, what, what the hell's that noise? I spend my whole life going around going, whoa, what the hell's that noise? And if I could have a box that made the, the noise I just heard in the background of, you know, a tree splitting open with a, a well, like a sampler. Out yeah, maybe that's a yeah, sampler. Well, but... No, no, but a sampler <laughs> well, doesn't have enough uh, um, control over the dynamics and the movement of that sound where that's the joy of a synthesizer you can adjust all sorts of parameters within the time frame and the and the depths and the dynamics of that sound so something that does that but makes new noises can i have that please uh, <laughs> yeah, i'll be right i'll be that. i'll be right on it sir the, i'm um, sure it's I'm true. i mean i think the cork the cork offering looks like it's very professional and i'm sure it's very lovely but i want something different so uh, well uh, maybe there will be something sorry matt Ooh. Yeah, I know. I was just going to say, I, I was right on it with the SDK that you can do for this, you know, writing your own oscillators, writing your own effects if you want to get into that world. And I think that's that's encouraging to see. I think that's a really good step in the right direction in terms of not only building a community about, um, you know, you don't have to get in super low level programming. You can share code between people, load that up onto this. And I suppose... I suppose what they've done as well here, Korg, they've really differentiated this from, I think, what we're going to talk about in a minute, which is the Volker range, particularly the new ones, which might be more what Mark's thinking about in terms of, you know, the new new modular Volker is is perhaps the one for where you can really interact that signal path and come up with some really wacky stuff, I think. 
Well, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we should pop that in there now. I'm trying to remember if this is going to be the... Uh, this is uh, Actually, this is Volker Drum first, but uh, I yeah. could... Uh, which is actually... This is uh, from uh, Cuckoo's uh, Jamuary, which he's doing a jam every day. This is the Volker Drum. He's yet another person who got some Korg stuff um, like the rest of the world apart from us before it came out. <laughs> but... This sounds kind of interesting. It's got an interesting sort of resonator uh, and a weight. I think it's a spatial resonator and lots of different uh, six voices, electronic percussion instrument. And it, this actually sounds kind of interesting. That's one thing. So this one's uh, was announced this week as well. And also we have the brand new Vulcan Modular, which is a bizarre concept because uh, obviously it's very small, but it's still modular. It's got those kind of tiny sizer, um, those little tiny wire uh, and, and patch points, 50 patch points, very West Coast sort of vibe uh, with a complex oscillator, uh, two function generators. And uh, I think there's a reverb, a spatial effects, and two low-pass gates and a sequencer. So this is kind of interesting, very uh, unique. It's going to be about a couple of hundred bucks. And obviously you can play it by the lakeside and scare the birds or whatever it is that you might want to do. But it's got CVIO as well, uh, no MIDI, but you know, that's not uh, the end of the world. Yeah, so yeah, that, so that came out as well. I think Sorry? the CV on it's three volts. So I'm not sure if it's it's completely compatible with ah, Eurorack. That would make I sense. Think, that would I make think. sense. But, um, but it's still cool. It's still usable. But I mean, look at this thing for a couple of hundred quid. Um, Fifty patch points on it. Things you can do in terms of interrupting the sequencing on it. Um, those low pass gates sound pretty good to me, and the effects on it as well. I mean, this is this is a this is a no-brainer. This is something to stick in your bag and have on the train and play around with and um, come up with some funky stuff. And I like the fact that they've gone it's they've gone West Coast on this, haven't they? As well, yeah, very much so. That actual sort of approach to it all. Um, happy days with this one. Great stuff. Let's let's just hope that this is the start of a new kind of conversation. Volker's um, Korg sort of having in terms of that affordable approach to, to modular and just think about how many, how much it's going to allow people to access modular on a, you know, in, in an affordable a, way, a casual basis, yeah. <laughs> in a casual basis. Yeah. You know, is there, such a, th is there such a thing as accessing modular on a casual basis? I don't, I think once you've got one, then you're screwed for life, aren't you really? <laughs> well, there's VCV rack, I suppose, you know, you've yeah. got the software side, but this is, you know, other than the Ocos, but I mean, you're still talking more money for the Ocos. This is certainly casual. <laughs> yeah, casual uh, level. In it. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, Dom. Um, have you got any Volkers? Because we they, they just seem to be keep coming. I, yeah, I, I keep wanting to buy them. I mean, I love I love this direction that it's all going in. I mean, brief just on that mini load, the idea of programming your own stuff no one wants to get that deep into it in general but that is definitely a way of the future making something that's really a scratch pad of code high level programming language like um, max for live kind of stuff you know um that's great because you can really do your own stuff things like falcon the plugin allows that but no one's really using it, it needs to have a nice graphical way of producing stuff to get in there but yeah this this Volker, i mean like you say 200 200 bucks for this brilliant thing with lots of jacks in that you can really do 
just crazy stuff in just as a learning thing as an entry level type of thing on the one yeah. hand to get yourself understanding how synthesis works and and how you can corrupt stuff by plugging the wrong inputs into the wrong outputs and stuff um uh it's just brilliant and i've, I've always looked at the vocals and thought maybe if i took them out of their case and stuck them in a modular style rack because a lot of those korg stuff they had um obvious sort of patch points inside on the circuit boards that were labeled and people you know were fitting midi um mm you know midi retrofits onto them and all sorts of stuff so if you're into that circuit bending hacky kind of stuff it's all it's all there and, and i think they're great i think i think if they had um you know if these were packaging them more expensive in in uh sort of metal cases making them look a little bit more pro level the, the sounds in there are great you know you, they, they no one would notice effectively so I, i'm, having I'm just looking to see if it is uh like you said matt to see whether it is it says anything about the cv um handling but it doesn't say specifically that there's any It'd be really kind of, trivial to um, yeah. to whack it up. I mean, if you have got uh, modular, if you're thinking to plug it into modular, you only need to put it through a VCA to up the to up the level to something decent, right? Or, da- or down, yeah, whichever. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Mark, more your bag. Are you, these are even smaller. You could get loads of these in your shop. I could get loads <laughs> of those in my shop. Yeah, even even in my small shop that I've got now. So when I moved to the bigger shop, I could get hundreds of them in. In, I could have them stacked by the door, couldn't I? Even so having been wall. really, really rude about Korg just a moment ago and saying that they're not innovative and their stuff is a bit rubbish, I absolutely love these. Uh, and I've been looking for something that makes that drum sound for some considerable time uh, that I can just hold in my hands and have as a box. So the drum one I really, really like. Um, and the modular looks fun as well, doesn't it? So, yeah. Uh, uh, I th- did I shoot myself in the foot in the last round? Do you think? Yeah, I d- there's no such thing as that, and that, that we're not going to hold it against you. I mean, you know, I you- guess I guess they're marketing them to completely different audiences, aren't they? So. Mm. Maybe yeah, I'm it's, in that I like small boxes that do weird things, audience. It's really interesting because it, you're right though, Mark. It's really interesting because part, you know, in, we see the comments to these all the time. You know, you get a kind of sense of where people are and it splits. You know, a lot of people going, oh, I'm sick of these kind of toy-like things. And then some people like, you know, but then the other half of the people say, oh, this is great. It's really accessible. I really like it. And it must be, I mean, as a company, I mean, you know, say as a designer, for instance, you might be more interested in creating beautiful flagship kind of super compatible, super powerful instruments that do all sorts of stuff. But the market seems to be going in the opposite direction. So I wonder how satisfying it is to actually come up with these sort of things and bring them into, into the world. Whereas rather than something that's a bit more of a kind of flagship instrument that might be more sort of fun and not feel like it has more importance in the world. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, these are yeah. going to be big. These are definitely going to be big. I was hoping I don't think you might get more patch cables with it. You With the modular one, it looks like you get something like 15 patch You get 20. Cables. 20 patch cables. 20. Okay. Aren't they just those little great. Arduino jumpers, though? They're the yeah. De- little deprec- oh, is that right? They're only about... Yeah. You could just buy They're those by the but, but what but what about grounding if you're moving audio signals around with that? That's, I'm not sure how, how would that work. Dom, Dominic, you well, might it means know. That, uh, it's oh. probably high voltages or higher voltages going around inside, like modular. They stick modular in, in wooden cabinets now. But uh, I, I don't know. They're, they're small, they're tight, and they've probably got a big grounding in there. It's not so much like running a live big long jack out, out the back. No. I don't think you probably notice it. I mean, they're right. relatively lo-fi sounding things, but I just love the sound that, that's coming out of them. They're made to be abused. And like I said before, they are marketed at, 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 at a lower 
cheaper end of the market. But I'm pretty sure if they if they made a, a you know a pro looking one with exactly the same internals, people would go, oh great, you you know great you sim, that's four hundred quid, thank you very much. You know? um, well, maybe, but yeah. you know they are, they are really cool. They're small. They're really easy to ship. They've manufactured at huge levels, so they can keep the, the price point down. Um, and you really, you really can't can't knock it. I mean, what they were, what I would have imagined them doing was to make one and then rebadge it under lots of little things, you know, with a synth engine that becomes a bass synth or a, an FM synth. But it looks like these things are relatively. They're all discreet every yeah, time. They, yeah, you know, yeah. they're all put together. They're all designed with a lot of thought in mind. And and yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think Korg they have uh, been really good at that. Yeah, I, I said Korg have always been really good at that. Mm. Yeah, well, I think you're right. Yeah, the so this the, the 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 drum one that's just come out. So obviously you've already got Volker Beats and you've got Volker Kick and you've got Volker Sample as well. I'm just wondering where where this new one sort of sits in there. Really, you've got some interesting. Well, I, I, I can tell you, Volker Beats sounds pretty crummy as far as I'm, I recall. Right. I, I mean, it's very bibbly bobbly. I mean, you know, it's yeah. not really kind of banging. Volker Kick sounds fantastic. Volker Sample yeah. sounds really good. It's got a great yeah. sound to it. So I think you could team those up. I mean, Volker Beats, not so much. I know I'm probably going to get a lot of flat for that, but it's not <laughs> the sort of thing that you're likely to base, you know, a, a lot of your work on. It might You might use it for the occasional track, whereas the sample and this, I could see you could probably incorporate. I mean, where I see something could really work is you have a sort of master device that just sequences all of them and brings them all together somehow. I mean, I know they tried to do yeah. that, that. You know, there's been this kind of one Volker that unites them all kind of concept, the Volker Mix, the rather ill-fated one, which uh, we had one in for review and we chose not to look at it because it was it was so flawed in so many ways. Or, or, you know, so we didn't do it. But there's room for something like that. But maybe you would use it with something like a, a, a Beatstep Pro or, you know, something sequency like that. Or, you know, you've got a load of sequences. You could probably just hook them up with MIDI, couldn't you? Just hook it up with that, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think my approach to using these kind of things and not, not just because they're small or anything, but you know, I tend to have some sessions where none of this gets turned on at all. And I'm just all about generating interesting loops it might be percussion loops, might be um, just particular sounds, textures that I can use in live sets and load into the various um, samplers that I've got and that kind of thing. So I think these kind of things are really great for that, you know, just sticking it into record, recording it stereo into into your computer, running it through some effects, generate some interesting textures and uh, drum loops and that kind of thing for, for later use, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, for sketches, because obviously the sequences are limited on yeah. these things. They're generally sort of 16, generally 16 step, but you can yeah. you can change the beat divisions and have lots of... Uh, so, yeah. you know, that's the other thing. The sequences are actually quite useful for parameter sequencing and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Having, having said that, I'd quite like to take a couple of them down and, and sit outside the local pub and... Uh, um, <laughs> Busk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, well, that's that's Gaz's thing uh, with his mini rig and whatnot. So yeah, that definitely works. <laughs> uh, that's, the th that's, a, that's the that's the thing. Yeah, come and bust outside my shop. You'd be welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the way you look at these things is, I've I've always looked at pro sessions or, or pro studios. Like, am I going to walk into a studio with one of those and get paid to play it or make a make a hit? Can I make a hit with something like this? And generally, no, you can't. You can use them to. Right. Rubbish stuff. <laughs> generally, 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 generally. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Generally, you wouldn't. But of course, you can take the beats and you can use that as a basic drum pattern for a, a massive hit if you want to. But in your arsenal of session keyboards, you're probably not going to pull out a Volker 
keys or vocal beat or whatever to, to do it. You use it in the basics and sampling what comes out of that that then gets chucked into the computer or whatever um, or live is, 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 the, is the real legitimate use for these kind of things. So if you're putting together techno tracks or whatever and you just want some crazy drum sounds, exactly, again, as, as Matt was saying, you want to sample this stuff and uh, and just have it on a on a hard drive somewhere that you can that you can throw around or live if you want to mess around and I'd say something like the Deluge is a perfect central yeah or something that for, a, loop, a loop station of some kind yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, exactly. right um, I'm going to uh, just can I just, say, can I just say one last thing all right very quickly that is that I noticed that the Volker <laughs> uh, the percussion one does something uh, with slicing and stuff that could be quite unpredictable and it might not be something that you'd want to sample you might want to use that when you're running a session because it's got something in it that's like a, a yeah. more random element. And I would, I'm would i after the random element that that thing does. Otherwise, I could just use samples of old Simmons drum kits and get those sounds. But I want that generated kind of slicing and all sorts of weird stuff that they've got in there and the, and the hands-on with the knobs. Yeah, that's no, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, right, uh, I think it's time to just have uh, a, a word from our friends at Isotope. RX continues to be the industry standard and leader in audio repair for music and post-production. And with RX7, we've introduced groundbreaking new ways to quickly and easily fix and manipulate audio. Take the game-changing Repair Assistant, an intelligent helper that can detect noise, clipping, clicks, hum, and more. Also new in RX7 is Music Rebalance, a powerful source separation tool. Drums too loud, vocals not loud enough, Let's fix that. You can also create instrumental versions of songs by removing the vocal elements. You can now alter the pitch without affecting the timing of your audio, and conversely, alter the time without affecting the pitch with the new variable time and variable pitch modules. Using the new dialog contour, you can improve the performance of a line or even create a new performance by altering the pitch contour of the dialogue, therefore adjusting the intonation of the speaker. And introducing Dialogue Dereverb, a module powered by machine learning to reduce the presence of reverberations around dialogue. RX7, a new frontier in audio repair. And of course, you can download, uh, if you go to isotope.com and search out RX7, uh, they all have 10-day uh, uh, fully functioning demos, and there's loads of tutorials because there's so much you can do with that stuff. Um, we had a competition from last week, <coughs> excuse me, and last week's uh, winner um, for Isotope RX7 is uh, somebody called Guy on Keys, who's Guido3. Uh, they tweeted the hashtag and tar very muchly. So, well, I'm very pleased to hear that. I don't know where you are based, but uh, if you get in touch... Oh, they're in England. Ashby de la Zouche. Now, there's a word to conjure with. Don't hear that one very often. That's actually a real place, folks. Um, so get in touch, please, Guy on Keys, and uh, we will um, sort you out with RX7. And, of course, we have a competition this week. Uh, we're looking for the hashtag Remix from Stereo. That's all one word, Remix from Stereo, and the hashtag RX7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag Remix from Stereo and the hashtag RX7 uh, at, at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And uh, we'll be announcing the winner uh, for that competition. Well, it's going to be uh, in February now, isn't it? I suppose, because I'm back on the, the 30th. I forget what the date is. Uh, we could look it up, I'm sure. But I want to say thank you very much to Isotope for their uh, sponsorship of the show. Uh, right, the next big news is, and see if I've got this right. Yeah, here we go. <clears throat> now, this is Yamaha's new piano, the new CP. Which, on the face of it, you know, you might think, oh, yeah, another stage piano. But this is actually quite a big deal. They're really going after 
like the Nord market, because Nord have totally owned the stage piano market, or certainly had a big chunk of it for ages. And they go for the same sort of vibe where you get the different uh, areas. So you've got three distinct uh, sort of engines. You've got a, a piano, electric piano, and sub, and then an effects. And each of them uh, has multiple different samples. It's got onboard ROM. You've got great piano sounds. You've got all, that's the idea anyway. That comes in a 73 and an 88. And uh, from what I can hear, it sounds pretty good, actually. And it's, you know, Yamaha stuff we know is actually built pretty well. And it, it, it does stand the test of time. You know, that's one reason why, you know, some people kind of get a bit like, oh, that's a bit boring. It's not very innovative. But Yamaha makes stuff that people trust on the road, you know. So you get lots and lots of people using their workstations and whatnot because they're just reliable, they're built to last, and they sound good. And I think that's probably going to be the case with these guys. Um, so, yeah, obviously a big market. I'll come to you uh, uh, first, Dominic, because I know, you know, you probably, um, with songwriting stuff that you've done and whatnot, you know, there's probably been a studio piano, if not the real thing. And quite often it would be a Nord or a, a, a or may, maybe a Roller, but Nord really have taken it. But this looks like an interesting thing. I mean, it's not cheap. I think it's two, it's 1,700 and something for the 73 and 2,200 for the 88. So they're expensive, but they look like they're going to be chunky and substantial. Yeah, I was just. Um, did they got wooden keys by any chance? Uh, the eighty-eight has has wooden keys with uh, graded hammer action. Right, right. And I mean, because that's that's the thing. I mean, I, I love piano. First studio I worked in, I was like to work is, is, is uh, it was Trident. I don't think it's there anymore in Soho, and they had the piano that Life on Mars for you know David Bowie's album Hunky Dory was done on, and a whole upright, bunch of stuff upright, wasn't it? Just um, no, it was a grand. So maybe just Hunky Dory then. So maybe they lied. Maybe I've spent my whole life having played that piano and being really. Oh, inspired. maybe not. Really you could well be right. Um, but you know, I, I was I was classically trained up to, to grade eight, and I, I got to a point where um, it wasn't very interesting playing sheet music. And then synths came out just at the right time, so I could I was kind of had an advantage to get involved in synthesizers. And I do have a real soft spot for for a decent piano. So were I a live player of piano? Um, that wooden, the, the real piano feel is the thing that you're missing. And it really does make a difference. I'm not just being a kind of purist kind of thing here. Um, you can make, you know, you can play piano really well on a bunch of stuff, whether they be real pianos, Rhodes, the original Yamaha stuff, DX7s or whatever. But if it's particularly for quiet stuff, for the really kind of intricate quiet piano, that, that it's all about the keyboard. Um, and you obviously need a fantastic sound in the background, which is going to be multi-sampled and all the rest of it if it's not a real piano. But the keyboard is the thing that's always been lacking for me. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they've pitched it right. It, it's not for everyone. If you're, you know, a, an amazing piano player doing a lot of sessions or doing a lot of live work, then you just get one. And I can't see any reason why you wouldn't go for the big one at that stage for the for the keyboard feel, really. And you're right, Yamaha, well-renowned. I mean, Yamaha grand pianos and Yamaha uprights, the real thing, are amazingly well-renowned, really well-built, sound amazing. Um, so it's, it's, it's a niche market, which is why they're expensive. But if the product is good, then there's still a lot of people out there that are playing this stuff. Yeah, cool. And they have, um, they actually have uh, these three sections. So that's the similarity to the to the Nord to a degree, because the Nord uh, stage piano has sections as well, where you can kind of layer up and and you know uh, um, do whatnot. Uh, the the other thing is, uh, it's got that. Well, I'm trying to remember what they call it. It's SSS, which is uh, where you can you play, you switch presets, and the notes will hang underneath. So for live players, that's great. Oh, you know, nice. So you can keep your foot on the sustain yeah. pedal. The you know the, the 
the organ or whatever yeah. might die, and then you're straight in with something else. So they've thought about that quite a lot. Mm. I know, Matt, I'm not sure whether whether what, what you're going to say about this, because I know you're not a keyboard person, but I mean, there obviously is demand for this kind of stuff. And, you know, a decent stage piano, there's always room for it. And like we say, Nord have really kind of run away with it a lot of the time. So Yamaha are stepping in and going, wait a minute, we know what we're doing too. They have, and I'm familiar with the Nord stuff. have been a long-time Nord user, actually. Um, and I know that their stage stuff is is excellent, and you see them absolutely everywhere. So last year, I think, what, what did we have from Yamaha? We had the montage kind of stuff, and we had... Uh, Mode DX. The mod, the mod, yeah, Mode DX stuff coming out. So obviously, they're now focusing back on this kind of stage piano stuff. You know, if... If you're going to create something like this, it's got to have some very specific things, which is that touch, quality. You talked about the wooden keys. It's got to have great sound and versatile sounds. That way that it works with the pedal sounds really interesting as well. Um, beyond that, it's like like I say, I'm not a player, so this doesn't. it's not something I'm going to splash a couple of grand on. But I can see, I can see from what I know about the Nord stuff, the Nord stage stuff, that this is definitely something that it stands proudly with that with that range of stuff. Really, um, I could probably see this cropping up in quite a few places and players that I do know out there who are who are using these kind of things. But yeah, not for me. But you do need these these sort of things. I'm I'm not going to poo-poo these things it's not like yeah, you, you know no you absolutely do need them yeah the, got the, the kind got of pro it, yeah. stuff absolutely and they've, they've stuck uh balanced outputs on it i think maybe the mistake yeah. they did do which is what nord really got right was making it bright red so you know instantly what it is i know mark <laughs> it seems like mark they need a they need they need to get a bit brave with their product design now the industrial design yamaha it's sort of their stuff does tend to look a little bit utilitarian and functional, like it could be house, hosting some kind of a, a experimental or office equipment rather than something massively creative. I quite like the yellow of the Waldorf stuff, actually. Maybe they could go down that bright orange or something. Ah, uh, yeah, the studio electronics, it's yeah. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? The difference between being a musician and being a music shop owner is that as a musician, I only move in the circles of musicians of similar ability and with similar taste. As a music shop owner, I get everybody coming into the shop and asking me for stuff. And I've become friends with quite a number of very uh, brilliant, classically trained musicians. So there's a woman whose house I went round recently who had a clavier, a clavier piano in her house. That's a Yamaha, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, clavier. Uh, no, clavier, right. Nord. Yeah. Nord, yeah. In her house, and she also has a Kurzweil PC88, I think, and she's got some problem where she needed the sound of the clavier to be played by the Kurzweil because the key on one, no, the other way around, the key on one doesn't work. And she wanted to do a concert with the sound from the other one because she thought the clavier sound wasn't really cutting it. And I went around there and I tweaked the sound a lot on the clavier for her and EQ'd it and put reverbs and everything on it. And... Um, so she started playing something on it. I said, wow, that sounds really beautiful. And then we've been talking about uh, mixing two classical pieces of music together that are in different keys. And I said, how are you getting on with that thing? And she started playing it to me. And then she said, oh, Mark, I, I, hang on. Let me. I, shall I just play it on the real piano? And she's got like a full-size grand in her house. So she walks across the room, sits down at the grand and starts playing it. And the difference between the clavier 
uh, electric piano or, or sample piano and the real thing is so extraordinary when you have them that back to back that I think that's the real test. You have to put one of these things on stage next to a real grand piano and then go, guys, look, we've made this thing and this sounds like this or it doesn't because we spend a long time working with these things and somehow convince ourselves that the sample pianos we've got sound like pianos and they don't unless it's really, really good. So the question I need to ask is, is that thing really, really good or not? Um, well, to be fair, um, the Yamaha sounds generally are pretty good. Uh, and what I've heard, because I went to the Modex launch and uh, they had a lot of piano playing and, and, and other sounds as well. And they did sound great. And they had all this other yeah. additional stuff. I should point out, there was the other one, wasn't there? Was the Roland V piano. There was a big launch for that, wasn't there? Which was really expensive, which was completely modelled. And that was really interesting because, that, I mean, it's it was high esoteric technology and it was all purely physically modelled and you could do things like, you know, make the, the strings like six inches thick or make the piano 20 feet long, you know. That you could do all these kind of weird things or change the, 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 the kind of way that the, the materials on the hammers, all sorts of really interesting things. And it, it, it responded... That I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it sounded exactly like a piano, but it had things like you could have sympathetic resonances and you could dial in sympathetic resonances that would only resonate in the key you That's were playing really in. That part. sort of stuff, you know. That, so those sympathetic resonances are a really important part of the sound of a piano. Yeah, I think most most big and most sort of high quality piano libraries do have that as a as a component part. I mean, you have that you know the ability because the whole thing does resonate across all of the notes, and depending on how you use the dampers and whatnot. Got, but yeah. I have one young man who comes in. To, I've got a piano in the a street piano outside my shop that anybody can come in and play, and I've got one young man who comes in and he pulls the front off the piano, and then he plays harmonics on the strings. It's an upright piano, so he plays harmonics on the strings above the sustain and the sustenato pedal with his toes. So he'll play the <laughs> piano, and you hear these beautiful harmonics ringing out, and it's like, how on earth is he doing that? And he's there with his shoes off, with his feet inside the piano playing. So I wow. think Yamaha needs to model that into it, actually. <laughs> you need to get him in for a kick. <laughs> yeah, what could you call it? You could, you could call it a toe jam or something, couldn't you? Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Oh, no, that's going down as a title. Resonant toe jam. It's very, right. very innovative. And it's, I've never seen anyone do it before, but it sounds amazing. Right. Oh, Only in Glastonbury. But Indeed. Exactly. But brilliant. That sounds great. But yes, it's available. Uh, I mean, all of these things we're going to... I think this is available now. So, I mean, it's the sort of thing that, you know, you dig. It's probably you can go and check it out in the store, which I'm sure you'd want to before you bought something like this. Uh, the other things we talked about are going to be uh, coming up. And now we'll go and see them at NAM. I think they'll be available after NAM. So I think Korg is, in fact, our first appointment or, uh, at NAM. So we'll get as much information as we can on those things uh, as possible. Is that, is that kid from Korg really called Loop? Or was it? did it just sound like that to my old Luke? He's called Luke. He's called Luke. I thought he was called Loop. I thought that was far more interesting. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll change his name. Maybe he'll change his name based on based on uh, advice. No, he, he's a lovely guy, actually. He's the UK demonstrator. I can't remember his surname, but yeah. Toe Jammer. Um, yeah. <laughs> Toe Jammer Hammer. Right. Um, gosh, we're nearly we're nearly there. There's uh, there's this as well. I wasn't sure about this, but this is a new uh, stylophone. Uh, Gen R8, which is a very angry and uh, distorted sounding... Uh, chat this is uh, it's got loads of uh, cv patch points which is kind of cool 
touch keyboard, same sort of thing, twin oscillators, uh, British apparently uh, two-pole filter, multi-mode. Sounds very... Not sure this is the best audio demo I would have, I've heard. But that's coming out as well. Uh, I think that's going to be limited availability. That's three hundred bucks. Oh uh, no, uh, Matt, did you, have you did you check out the, the what was the other one? There was another uh, there was some other stylophone stuff which was sort of analog, more analog based. So this yeah, does this feel like uh, it's a bit late to the party, or do you think there's a market for it? Yeah, kind of. I actually I knew a bit about this. I was I was contacted by them. Um, gosh, about a year and a half ago. And they were asking me some questions about what would you like to see on the new stylophone, which I thought was <laughs> which is an odd question. And, My um, foot. Yeah. I, <laughs> I uh, you know, I, I gave them some feedback and what have you. And then suddenly you've had these new things come out. This, But this one, I wasn't too, I wasn't amazingly fussed by the ones that, that came out last year, I think it was. But this one, and I mean, it's probably the most craziest uh marketing video i've ever seen i mean it's just it's pure filth isn't it yeah it's uh, very hot isn't it you know the, the oscillators on this just sound absolutely crackers and you've got this like really lo-fi delay in there as well which just sounds great you've got cv all over the place on it 19 cv gate patch points grungy analog style delay with modulation cv on it as well and then you've got these this sub oscillator as well, which just sounds it just sounds really crazy. It kind of reminds me a little bit of I know it's it's not the same thing and it's not in the same price point. What was the um what was that thing you reviewed that makes really kind of droney sounds with the touch? Oh, the Lyra uh, eight. The Lyra, yeah. You know, um I would get a Lyra to make these sort of sounds, these kind of like really sort of dark industrial techno stuff that you would have in the background of a uh, 130 bpm fall to the floor sound going on so um i don't know if this is late to the party i can i think it looks fun i think uh how much is it i think it was quite 300 affordable. quid it's 300, 300 quid so it's it's a bit on the edge isn't it i think yeah i get i get you I, you know it's an extra quid more than the volcan modular i suppose but um it just sounds really rude and really distorted and really fun with that much cv patch points on it as well i think um i was quite drawn to this and the video right. just made me laugh because it was just raucous <laughs> yeah i mean it's a low a sort of low high distortion audio and a quite low res video uh dominic <laughs> yeah. what do you what what uh what do you make i mean did the, i can't remember the name of the previous it was gen x wasn't it the uh the last yeah, one i think yeah. so i think so my, my my friend connor is all over this it's just his idea of, of heaven this thing um and I think if you like that kind of raw, grunty sound, I, I, I'm not really, I don't think it knows what it is, if you see what I mean. It's, is it a £300 quite expensive thing? Because that, that strikes me as quite expensive. Stylophones have in general been, been the, the lower end of the market. But then if you if, if you look at what it's got, um, I can't believe it always sounds as, as, as hot as it does on the uh, on the demo. Clearly they've yeah, really kind not. of ramped it up. Um, 
would I get a Volker instead of this? Yeah, I probably would actually. Um, it's worth worth a try, but I mean, it's not really a stylophone anymore, is it? It's uh, the stylophone no. was just that buzzy. It's got thing. the keyboard. Good- it's just got the keyboard. It's exactly, and yeah. I mean, and I think you know, it's also got the name, which might push them. You know, the branding is 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 quite cool, I suppose. Um, is it? Yeah, it's, it doesn't quite. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't, well, it's better than calling it a Dominic or something, isn't it? More people are going to be interested in a in a stylophone, but. Um, yeah, I don't quite know what it is. If it would, if it was like ninety nine, you know, one twenty, uh, I don't think there would be an issue with it at all. I think its price point is a little bit out of its league, based on what I've heard. I think. Yeah, maybe so. I know, Mark. I mean, you know, it sounds like all those patch points and the kind of the groove, the, the kind of funky again, small fit on a number of shelves in the uh, in in the new store. You could imagine. Yeah, but I won't have any room for it because the whole shop is going to be full of the little cog things. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't let me just say one word, EDP Wasp. Don't you right. think it's just basically, uh, it reminds me so much, the sound of it reminds me of the Wasp, but the idea that it's got a touch-sensitive keyboard, again, Wasp, the breakouts, the CV breakouts, that's a good idea. I like that. Um, but would I pay £300 for it? Um, no. No, I, yeah, I, I think it feels a little bit on the pricey side, but I don't, you know, we don't know. It looks like it might be uh, pretty well built. I, look, I think it's a metal case, uh, but I'm not sure, which is always a, a plus. Well, maybe point. if it's a metal case, that would, you know, give it some reason to be at that price point. But even so, yeah, okay, fair I news. Think, I just think you know, get get this thing with one thing in mind, and that that is just to make some cracker, really sort of distorted, gnarly sounds from it. You've I didn't realise it's got a drive. I don't know if that's the drive on the output or if it's if it's going into the filter or what. Probably probably on the output by the looks of it. Which, yeah, I'm not sure. Which is a shame, but I don't know too much about it, and I can't quite see from the pictures as well what what the patch points allow you to do. But um, I don't know. I'm just drawn to things like this that kind of will just do one thing and one thing well and and be inspiring and fun to use kind of thing so um i'm i'm gonna definitely check this one out it is a shame that it's a little bit more than 200 quid you know 300 quid mark so that's yeah that's i can't i can't see the detail on there it's unfortunately they only no, uploaded can't. it in 480 so it's it's just not quite not yeah. quite there unfortunately so it's not possible to see um, yes. Well, there we go. Um, I don't know. That, does it, we have got some other topics, but I'm just wondering whether or not it, feel, it feels quite neat because we've done the sort of the pre-NAM stuff. It feels like maybe this would be a good time to just kind of wrap it up. And uh, and I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about when we come to the next show as well. So uh, I don't know if that's uh, if that's OK with everybody, whether we can... Uh, we can we can yeah. l- leave it there. Um, I'm sure yeah. everybody's got stuff to do. I know I know I have, and I will continue to do those. But yeah, so uh, that's it for this week. Remember, um, next week and the week after, no show. But we will have lots and lots and lots of NAM coverage. We've got a full team going over. We've tweaked our workflow. We're hoping that it's going to be even more productive based on uh, those uh, changes. So there's going to be a whole load of stuff. Uh, Friday, we've got a Friday fun. We've also got a, a review with uh, Gaz uh, on the OPZ. I'm going to try and get that in before NAM. Uh, we're just trying to figure out how to cut it down because it was so long because there's so much in that little tiny thing. But uh, stay tuned for that as well. But yeah, stay tuned. Uh, SonicState.com for all your NAM needs will be uh, hopefully first and fastest, which is, uh, I think, 
I think it was something I had to do with fingers. First and fastest sounds like a good ca- good tagline for show coverage. But thank you, guys. Um, thank you very much, Mark, for joining us. Uh, I hope you have... Uh, when are you moving stores, then? Have you got a kind of ETA for uh, Beginning of March, hopefully. All oh, right. So I'm not going soon. very far. I'm literally I'm going across the road, uh, but I have uh, a rather nice wall that faces down the high street, so I'm going to paint a huge keyboard on it, and it will make me much easier to find as people walk up the high street. They'll go, oh, look, there's a mural. This is a conservation area. And no doubt it will upset all of the locals, which seems to happen every time anyone paints murals, but I'm doing it anyway. Um, and it, the shop is bigger. It will have an upstairs uh, as well as a retail section. So upstairs I'm going to create some very intense uh, sound journeying room, or you could call it sound healing room, but I will also rent that out to teachers who can uh, have sessions in there to teach people guitar or violin or whatever. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, but there will also be room upstairs for a workshop and possibly a packing area, so I might go into mail order, and I'm definitely buying a laser cutter because the amount of things that I make and fiddle around with little files and um trying to cut things out and scratch plates for guitars or bits that are missing from things. I just love the idea of chucking something in CAD and pressing a button and the thing that I normally take four hours to make coming out in a puff of smoke and then I can just, you know, kind of screw holes and all and and then I can just bolt it onto whatever I'm making. So that that's where I'm going. More manufacturing and somebody downstairs working for me being impolite to my customers instead of me <laughs> excellent well glad to hear that mark um, i look forward to seeing you again soon and of course okay, we also have uh, matthew hodson thank you for joining us also uh, as ever always appreciated um and nice we look fun. forward to hearing more from you and your music uh, because you're obviously putting Great. the time in right now <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna i'm basically got this to patch up now tonight i've just got some of these um i just mentioned them these right-handed patch cables by a company called tendrils um which replaced your normal ones which ah, means, keep it out of the way yeah it means because these have got lids so it means that i can put the lid on these easily without it being unpatched and um carry it around really really easy basically so um so yeah, you just had to invest twenty five thousand pounds in patch cables you're totally confused you know me there are, <laughs> they are expensive i must yeah. say i wish you I, said i wish i had time to make you them. said right-handed when you right angled when you yeah. said right-handed i was thinking what makes <laughs> that, that different to a left-handed one and i was trying <laughs> to figure that but you, i've got it yeah uh, that's the right-handed one and then that's that's the left-handed one <laughs> very ah! good Hey, thank you very much. Sorry about that. I'm here all week. Excellent, Matt. Thank you very much anyway. That's great. And also, uh, Mr. Dominic Hawken, uh, who uh, will be struggling through trying to stay awake, doing more relaxation music. I wish you all the best in that. Thank you very much. I've actually got really expensive patch covers because they have one of these on one end and one of these on the other. Wow. That's really cool. So I normally go output to input. Okay, really so stuff. it's like another visual language. That really you clever stuff over here, but you can't put the lid on, obviously. Anyway, no. have a really good time at now. I'm trying to have Thank some you. fun as well as making 90-odd videos and all the rest of it. I hope it goes well. Thank you. And uh, what are we going to do for two weeks without this? You'll have to watch the NAM videos, mate. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's uh, it for this time. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you all in a couple of weeks. Take care. Bye-bye now. <laughs>